Well, welcome to the Darren Hibbs podcast today. I wanted to take a few minutes today to talk about why I wrote the book, The Year of the Lord's Favor. A lot of you have read the book and commented on the book, and I've appreciated all of your comments. And I appreciate everyone who's read it and shared it with their friends. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to go over to Amazon right now and pick up a copy. You can get it for paperback, hardcover, or Kindle. Um, Kindle is my favorite. It's uh, instantly downloadable. And uh, I, I love seeing the comments and all of the feedback that I get from the Kindle version. So that's available for you. But I wanted to take a few minutes to talk about why I wrote it. Um, I explain in the book the two dreams that I had. One, the, the first on September 9th, 2001. And then the second in March of 2003. And both of those dreams had to do with the World Trade Center, Ground Zero, uh, Freedom Tower, the World Trade Center, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it, it, both dreams are something that have radically transformed my life, my understanding about what the Lord is doing in this nation. Uh, I don't think that there's too many believers out there that would argue that the nation is, is heading in the wrong direction. There's actually not very many people at all in the United States in general that would argue that the United States is heading in the right direction. Almost everyone universally believes the United States is heading in the wrong direction. The uh, reasons why people believe the nation is heading in the wrong direction, that's that's where there's a lot of disagreement. And I, I believe that my book and why I shared it, what I feel like the Lord shared with me, is not the only thing that God has to say on the subject, but a, a very big part of what God has to say on the subject of where America is headed and what we have to do to write the course that we're on. Um, I had my first dream, like I said, on September 9th, 2001. And when I had that dream, I was very shocked. I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing Two days later when I saw it actually happen, I, I, I had a dream where an angel took me around. He walked me around Manhattan. And as we were walking around, I remember looking at all the buildings and commenting to the angel who was actually a little put off with me. When I think about the interaction that I had with the angel in the dream, it's actually uh, amidst just the tragedy of that day. It's it's actually uh, kind of humorous to me looking back on it is, is the angel was pretty put out with me um, for not understanding, I, I feel like, sometimes the magnitude of what he was trying to show me. I was very chatty, and I was uh, pointing out all the different buildings that I had studied in my college career and just in my own intrigue of, of New York City, pointing out all the buildings and all the, the neat places that I've always wanted to see. And when we stopped and he pointed at the World Trade Center, I, I, I looked at him and I said, you know, I've always wanted to go up in the observation deck of that building. And again, he got a little exasperated with me because I wasn't grasping what he was trying to show me. I was too busy talking. And finally, when I understood that he's actually trying to show me something, I, I, I stopped and I looked at the World Trade Center. And as soon as I did that, they collapsed straight down into the ground. And thousands and thousands of people with terror on their face ran past both of us. They actually ran to the sides of, of the angel and I. We were both standing on a, a fairly wide street. And the angel, uh, the people ran past us and they actually ran in between us. 
and, and like I said, they all had just sheer terror on their faces. And at that moment, I couldn't feel the weight of what was going on. In fact, I, I looked at the angel and uh, I, I looked at him and I said, well, that sucks. Now I'll never get to go into the observation deck of that building. And uh, it was as if he rolled his eyes at me. and I just wasn't getting it. And finally, I clued in that, oh my gosh, this is really bad. These buildings have just collapsed and thousands of people could be injured or dead. I, I, I just, I felt the weight of that. When I woke up from the dream, I, I, I didn't know what to make of it. It's, it's the only dream I'd ever had with an angel. And still to this day, it's the only dream that I've ever had where uh, I, I knew I was having a dream with an angel. And um, I didn't know what to make of it. I, I didn't know what the Lord was trying to show me. I knew it was a dream from the Lord, but I had no idea that it was literal. I thought maybe it was some kind of figurative language the Lord was showing me. Maybe people that I knew their worlds were falling down or something like that. I just didn't get it. Until two days later when I saw the World Trade Center collapse on television like everyone else in the United States, I was shocked. I was devastated. I couldn't understand why the Lord would show that to me um, and, and, and me not have the, the ability to stop it or to do something or to say something. I, I felt like I had failed uh, for a very long time. I wrestled with a, a lot of grief and, and guilt that I should have done something and it took me many months to realize that the Lord didn't show me that to try and stop it. Because if I if I had said something, either no one would have listened or I would be prisoner number one in Guantanamo Bay right now. So I know that the Lord didn't show that to me to have me stop it. And so after several months of praying through that and wrestling with it, I understood that the Lord was showing it to me for some other purpose, but that I didn't. I just didn't understand what that purpose was as of yet, but I knew it was important. And uh, so that's why when in March of 2003, a year and a half later, I had a, a second dream about the World Trade Center. And this time I, the dream started out. And again, I, I describe all this in the book in detail. Uh, the dream started out, I'm looking up at the new building that's going to replace the World Trade Center. And I know as soon as the dream starts, that's what I'm there. I'm, I'm there to work on it. I had a hard hat on. And I was looking up at a half-finished building. The building uh, I knew right away was about half of the finished height of, of the, the completed building. And it had a glass skin around it about halfway up. And then the, the top half of the building was just the structural steel that was still being erected. And when I saw the building, uh, immediately in the dream, I looked up at it and I I thought to myself, huh, I thought there were going to be two buildings when we rebuilt this. And so I was a little shocked that it was one. And the other thing that surprised me was that the original World Trade Center towers, uh, if you've seen them, they were an opaque uh, stone clad colored building. Um, there were windows in between the facade, but it was a very opaque, uh, you know, tall, tall building. And this one was shiny, reflective, silvery glass. And I was actually, I thought to myself again about that. It's like, huh, it looks nothing like the old buildings. And, uh, and so in, in the dream, uh, again, I described it in the book and I encourage you to read that. I'm not going to go into that here. But in the dream, uh, several things happen. And then at the very end of the dream, after the building is finished, things take a very drastic turn for the worst. What started off as this 
patriotic for God and country rebuilding of this building turned into something very hideous and very evil. And I don't think that the building itself is evil, but I do think that the Lord was using the building to to show me that things in our nation were going to turn uh, for the worst. And uh, that building does serve as as a, a sign and a symbol for this nation's desire to rebuild and come back after uh, the World Trade Center collapse, the attacks of 9-11. So it is very symbolic building, and it's, it's just about to be complete. When I wrote the book, I, I felt the, the weight and the pressure uh, to, to get the book out and to alert people to the message that the Lord had shared me because this building is almost done. And the reason I, I felt compelled to do that is because at the very end of the dream, when things had gone horribly wrong, uh, I just couldn't believe my eyes. I was incredulous over what had happened in the dream. And I woke up, and when I woke up, I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me. And this has only happened to me uh, maybe once or twice, but I, I know I know for certain it happened this time. I woke up and I heard the voice of the Lord say, that building will be a sign and seal of my judgment against America. And that gripped me. And that, that dream has gripped me for years. Ever since uh, March of 2003, when I had that dream, I've been gripped with the weightiness of what God spoke to me that day. And again, I didn't fully know what to make of it. I knew I had a feeling that when the buildings would be rebuilt, that there would only be one uh, building as opposed to a twin tower set. Like many people at the time uh, wanted, a lot of people wanted the the buildings to be rebuilt as they were. And uh, so a lot of, it it took a lot of uh, time for the people in, in involved in that to come up with a redesign and then to actually start construction. It didn't happen. Construction didn't start in earnest until 2007. And in 2009 is when the building actually started to rise. And then in September of 2011 was when they had completed the 9-11 memorial. And they were going to have the dedication where the, the two original twin towers stood of the World Trade Center. Um, they actually dug huge holes. The footprint of both buildings were exact, exactly where they were. And they made these large fountains that actually, uh, it, it's a beautiful site. I will say I've been there and it's a beautiful site. But they made um, the, the memorial. And on September 11, 2011 is when they dedicated it. And President Obama that was there, all the dignitaries were there. It was very interesting. I was watching on television and they were having different people, family members and people like that, read off the list of names of people who had died at the World Trade Center or in Washington, D.C. or in the plane that went down in Pennsylvania. They were reading off all those names. And while they were doing that, they were they were painting around. They were showing different camera shots of people's faces, the dignitaries. Then they stopped with one shot in particular. And they were, it was someone with a camera was pointed straight up at the new World Trade Center that was half done. And it was clad in shiny, reflective silvery glass on the bottom half and structural steel on the top half. And when I saw that, I realized, oh my gosh, it was exactly what I had seen in my dream. Um, and, and exactly, I can't even describe to you how shocked I was. And when, when I went to the 9-11 memorial and stood there, I stood in the, I, I found the exact place. I can't 
tell you how surreal that was. I went and I found the exact place that I had stood in my dream when it had started looking up at, at that massive building. And so when I saw that on September 11th, 2011, I knew, oh my gosh, I have to relay this message. I have to tell people what the Lord showed me in that day. What he spoke at the end of the dream, I believe, is, is the most sobering aspect of, of, of everything that the Lord showed me from the, the dream two days when he showed me two days before the 9-11 attacks on the buildings fell up until now. The most sobering aspect is what he spoke to me after I woke up is that that building would be a sign and seal of his judgment against America. When that building is finished and that building is going to be finished this year, 2014, very soon. When that building is finished, I truly believe that the Lord has shown me that it's going to be a time when the Lord will proclaim judgment on America. And I don't know, the Lord didn't share this with me, if if the punishment or the enactment of that judgment would take place immediately or or sometime later, months or years later. But I do feel very confident when that building is finished that the Lord will stand up and make a proclamation of judgment against the United States. Now, a lot of people are very put off by the idea of judgment and by just that word nowadays. It's a very dirty word in our culture, especially when you hear uh, a, a church, a preacher, you know, someone from the pulpit saying that. Uh, people really reel against that, even Christians included. And one of the things that I tried to do uh, in the book is explain what it is that I understand judgment to be what the Lord is saying when he says he's going to judge the nation. Because most people have this picture. I've, I've heard it said that uh, you know people feel like God is shaking them over hell on a rotten stick. And, and that's not the case at all. And when the Lord says he's, he's going to proclaim judgment against something, it's, it's not this angry, mad... Um, vindictive God wanting to smite us. It's actually a, a loving, kind, gentle God taking the next step to increase the pressure on people who have wandered away from him and, and are running away from him. The Lord will use whatever means necessary to bring us back to him. He loves us enough as his people. He loves us enough to discipline us And for his people, he loves us enough that he will actually punish those who stand in war against us, his people, and him, uh, Jesus. God will stand up for Jesus when when people uh, turn against him. But in every case, that judgment is, is not to destroy us. It's actually to repair us and rebuild us. One of uh, my favorite passages on this is when the prophet says that um, the Lord has wounded us, but he will bandage us. And there's, this, there's this idea that uh, we have been wounded by our own sin, and we've, we have this deep, open, uh, mortal wound that, that can only be fixed by a master surgeon, a master healer, and we've taken a Band-Aid and put it over that. And that wound festers and it grows gangrenous and it's going to kill us. 
And so the Lord, to fix that wound, sometimes have to come in and cut it open and, and repair it right. And I, that's the sense that I get right now is that the Lord wants to heal this nation, but we, we have to be healed on his terms. There's nothing that is going to heal America apart from seeking God, repenting, coming to him on his terms and asking him to heal our nation. And so that's, that's why I wrote this book is, is I really feel the weight of what's coming in, in this next year, in the next several years. And I, I felt an urgency to release that word, release that message on the United States. Um, I, I felt a duty to do that. It, uh, the, the me- proclaiming a message of judgment is, is not popular at all. But I do want to reiterate that this message of judgment from the Lord is for our good. It's for our ultimate good. But the Lord is not so intimidated by... Uh, by us or what we think of him, that he won't use whatever means necessary to cause us to come back to him. And I, I think, I, I honestly believe that uh, there was a, a lot to do about this book called The Prayer of Jabez that came out over a decade ago. <clears throat> and the interesting thing about The Prayer of Jabez is that it's it's a, an amazing, remarkable prayer, is that Jabez understands that that bad things will happen in life. And he prays and asks the Lord to allow himself to, to grow closer to God without the need for God to bring that, that, that pressure to rebuke him, um, but just to bless him and that, that, that he could actually walk closer to God in the midst of blessing. That's one of the hardest things for people to do is when we're blessed, when we're abundant, when we have everything we need, to run to God. Most of the time, most people run away from God when they're comfortable, when they have everything they need, when they're blessed. Even when it's God that's blessing them, the tendency is for mankind to run away from God. And that's exactly what's happening in the United States. We're blessed beyond measure. It's hard to imagine a a people that have been so materially blessed as the United States in human history. I, I can't think of anyone else in human history that's been as materially blessed as people in the United States. And we've run away from him. And the Lord is has been gently drawing us back to him, but I believe that time for gentleness is coming to an end. And the Lord will use increasing pressure. And the pressure has already been increasing. I think that to, to say that the Lord hasn't been increasing the pressure, that things haven't been getting more difficult in the United States, um, it would be denying the facts of, of the world we live in right now. Uh, we look in, and almost half of the population in the United States is on some form of government assistance. That's, that's huge. Look at New York City right now, and they say that there's more people in New York City living below the poverty line than there were during the Great Depression. Uh, these kind of statistics and facts... Uh, we're, we're living in very troubled times. So it's not like the trouble is about to start. The Lord has been increasing the pressure with these financial disasters and, and, and things like that. I think uh, many of you have read Jonathan Kahn's book, um, The Harbinger. In, in that he shows, I, I believe very convincingly, that the, it's the Lord who has been increasing the financial pressure on the United States. And I think I'm convinced beyond measure that it is the Lord who's been doing that. And he's trying to, to call us back to him. And pressure is always the, the means that he uses when we refuse to come back to him in the midst of blessing. 
And I, I, I truly believe that we're living in an hour where the pressure is going to dramatically and catastrophically rise. I'll end with this, and it's a very sobering note, but when the Lord spoke to me, that building would be a sign and seal of judgment against America. I I immediately felt in my spirit, and ever since that day, I I felt this is what the Lord was speaking of is our sovereignty. I truly believe that it's the United States' sovereignty that's at stake. Uh, our ability, our right to self-govern, I believe, is what's at stake. And throughout history, when the Lord has brought judgment against nations, the Lord takes away sovereignty of those nations. They're conquered or or there's a massive upheaval. Um, There's tremendous negatives that go along with that. And, and, And you can probably let your mind wander to understand that if there's, if there's a loss of sovereignty, there's some uh, action that's being taken to cause that loss of sovereignty. Most often that's a foreign military. And I know that's that's so incomprehensible to so many people that I've talked to. So many people can't even comprehend the idea that America could successfully be attacked on our own soil and successfully be conquered. Uh, but that is the ultimate height of hubris and arrogance for us to believe that we are the one nation in human history that God cannot use a foreign army to subdue. And so that's, very, that's a very sobering fact to me because I understand what comes with that is anytime there's, there's war and invasion, there's massive loss of life. And that, that causes me tremendous grief to think that that is, is where we're headed. And so I implore you, I, I believe there's still time. And even if the Lord stands up in that hour when the building is finished and proclaims judgment against the nation, there is always, we always have the ability, we always have the dignity to stand before God and cry out for mercy. So even if the Lord proclaims judgment and a loss of sovereignty against this nation, we can cry out for mercy and I truly believe that that even if the Lord stands up and proclaims judgment and he says you will lose your sovereignty, I believe that his people can cry out and say, Lord, no, please forgive us. And that, that maybe the loss of sovereign, sovereignty will be temporary or light, um, only momentary. I, I truly believe that. But I also feel like I have to proclaim with clarity that where we're headed right now, is a loss of American sovereignty if we don't change course. And that course is that we cry out as his people. Second Chronicles 7.14, Solomon proclaimed the Lord's decree to the people of Israel that if, if my people, it, when trouble comes, when these things happen, when the Lord removes his hand of protection and increases the pressure, that if my people, who are called by my name will humble themselves and repent of their wicked ways. The Lord will turn from his anger and he'll heal our land. And so those are harsh words that, that we have to admit that America and that the church in America has walked in wicked ways. And that we need to repent on behalf of our nation, on behalf of ourselves, and turn to the Lord and cry out and and, and humble ourselves 
uh, that the Lord is the only answer we have. It's not politicians. It's not anything else. It's only the Lord. And only in prayerful repentance will the Lord heal this nation. I've started a, a campaign. I'm, I'm calling it the 714 Prayer Campaign. You can go to 714prayer.org and sign up to be a part of that. You can follow it on Twitter or Facebook. But what I'm asking people to do is set an alarm on their phone for two times a day, 7.14 a.m. and 7.14 p.m. to remind them to pray that prayer based on 2 Chronicles 7.14. I encourage you to go to 714prayer.org and watch the video that I've, I've put up there that explains the campaign. And I, I encourage you to share this message with your friends. I, I really believe that, that this is a message for this hour in America. I have, I have great trepidation and grief over where I see the nation going and the lack of desire that I see within his people in the church to stand up in this hour and, and repent and lead this nation back to God. So I appreciate you listening today and I pray and ask that you would share this with your friends and, and people that you know, uh, share this on Facebook and Twitter, check out 714prayer.org and go to Amazon and check out the book, uh, the year of the Lord's favor.